Welcome to the weekly podcast, Stand Strong. I'm Paul White. And I'm Noah Dieselkamp. Together, we look to God's Word to find energy and encouragement to fuel our faith. When our trust in Jesus is firm, we'll be amazed what God can do and accomplish in our lives. So let's turn to the wisdom in God's Word, a true and trusted source that is going to help us stand strong. Let's dig in. Well, good morning and welcome back. We're here again, ready for another episode of the Stand Strong podcast. And Paul, I'm really looking forward to what we're talking about today. Although I've got to say, you know, as we were organizing this, this is uh, a topic that you said you wanted to cover and you picked out what we were titling it, the more than words, prayer being more than words. And and I'm curious to see where exactly you're going to be going with this. So. Well, I can tell you where I'm not going with the more than words, <laughs> where some people are already going in their mind. They're going back to the early 90s and the song by the American rock band, Extreme, More Than Words. Oh, yes. Not going there. No, <laughs> when we talk about prayer more than words. So in my mind, I was going back to what was said in Matthew 6, Jesus in Matthew 6, and when you are praying, Pause. I'll insert for those who are just kind of joining the journey in season three. When we're talking about prayer, I would insert that here. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you are praying. Mm -hmm. So he says when you are praying, Matthew 6, 7, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they, the Gentiles, suppose that they will be heard for their many words. I like the New International Version says do not keep babbling like pagans. (laughs) But... (laughs) Focusing on the meaningless repetition or the vain repetition, it's the idea of not heaping up empty phrases. And there was a thought, Noah, among the pagans that they could weary the gods, little g. They could weary the gods through their long prayers or their many words. And so the gods would get tired and say, okay, we give up. Yeah. I mean, if you'll just hush already, we'll give you what you're asking for. And of course, obviously, uh, Jesus is trying to help them to appreciate and understand who they're praying to, right? but especially the kind of heart that they're to take in their requests or in their petitioning or asking of the Lord. Martin Luther says this, I like this, few words and much meaning is Christian. Many words and little meaning is heathenish. And that's where Ooh. I was going yeah. in my mind, many words, but little meaning is heathenish. And what Jesus is clearly condemning is people who are speaking without proper thinking. I mean, their prayer to God is all words, but no real meaning. The mouth yeah. is speaking, but it's not really declaring what's honestly in their heart. Right, right. Absolutely. This passage, if we actually back up just a couple of verses, that passage in, in Matthew chapter 6 He has a different contrast when he says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And and there's a different instruction going on there. But in the span of, I believe it's four or five verses, I think he says three times, when you pray, pray like this. When you pray, pray like this. And there's so much packed into just a few verses here. And all of it, as you said just a moment ago, boils down to the heart with which we pray. And I think that that's, that kind of gives people an idea of where this discussion is going to go, right? Prayer is more than the words that we say. Yes, 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 yes. So it, engaging the heart, making sure the heart is pure, engaging the mind and making sure that my mind wants to align itself to 
what God has already revealed to us, His mind. So my will aligning with God's will. But what kind of heart am I bringing into praying? It's not this, if I can just, looking for a way to magically phrase this or word this, and now all of a sudden I'm going to lever out of God, I'm going to get from God things that He really doesn't want to give me, but now He's obligated because (laughs) I worded it this way. And you say, well, that's crazy. Who would think that way? Well, I... You know, that's a little bit of an exaggeration to explain something that I think is very basic and fundamental to what the Scripture teaches, what the Lord teaches on prayer. That's we need to be careful. I need to be very careful about the heart that I bring into my praying. Yeah, yeah. When reading this section of Matthew chapter 6, when he... Uh, when he says, don't pray like the hypocrites who pray on the street corners, essentially, uh, instead go into a secret place and pray. And then he says, don't heap up these, these meaningless, empty phrases. Um, instead, you know, uh, pray like this. And he gives what we sometimes call the model prayer. In, in both of those circumstances, it, the question of motivation comes up. Why are we praying? And why are we praying the way that we're praying? And in that first one with the hypocrites, well, the contrast is these people pray not because they're trying to talk to God. They're praying because they want attention. And so they're going out into public and they're, they're, you know, lifting up their voices so that people can look at them. That's their motivation. Well, don't pray like that. The Father will hear you in your secret place, that kind of thing. And then again, with with the empty phrases, why do we pray the way that we pray? We're not trying to wear God down. Right. So motivation is going to be this key factor for evaluating where our heart as heart is at in prayer. What is our motivation for why we're praying in the first place and why we pray the way that we pray? Yeah, uh, I want to I want to get our mind to turn and get the wheels really spinning good here early on. There's two things in praying. Do I mean it? Do I believe it? Mm-hmm. Do I mean it? Do I believe it? And you could connect both of those to especially us as men when we're leading the congregation, when one man is leading the whole, the group. And listen, I've, I've grown up, Noah. Uh, I've heard some really, really big prayers yeah. in the assembly. And look, I, I'm thinking, hey, I can pray that with you. It's very biblical. It's inside the will of the Lord. He's made promises with regards to healing and health. And but you're really asking a big thing right now. Do do you mean it? Do you believe it? Yeah. I mean, so I, I just, again, when I'm calling upon God and, and asking God to do things, you know, I thought when we were talking about putting this together and I kind of knew in my mind where I was going to go, I thought, well, I could spend in a humorous, maybe not so humorous way, talking about some of the things I've heard mm-hmm. men say in their prayers. And I think sometimes... We're taught how to pray based upon what we hear in the assembly. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so bring us back at the next point in time. Now, to be fair, I hear that all the time. There are times when I've said that. Well, I know what I mean by it. I I actually want to come back right at the next appointed time. But you know, you know, you've heard the guy in the closing prayer who's saying, Lord, bring us back at the next appointed time. Okay, well, he's praying that at 1130 and the next appointed time by the elders is five or six o'clock that evening. We never see him at five or six o'clock. Mm. So is is that in Matthew six? Well, it's got to be. Did you mean it? Right. Did you mean it? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, you know. Some of those things that you hear in prayers that 
verbiage or what we express, is that really my heart's desire? Right, right. The idea that it has to be both meaningful and it has to be believed um, is a really striking combination of, of factors. And we may think, well, why would you ever pray something that you don't believe? But I think that we've probably all been guilty about that to some extent or another. And there's a lot of situations we could point to in our lives where we've prayed for something. And when we've prayed for it, have we really believed God's going to answer that the way that I'm asking? And it's one thing to say, I realize it may not be God's will. You know, your will be done, not mine. Lord willing, this will happen, that kind of a thing. It's a different thing to pray it and from the get-go just go, "Ah, he's not going to. He's not going to do that. And I I think, you know, there's a couple different passages that we could look at that relate to that kind of idea of believing that God can and wants to help you in what in the area that you're praying in. One that comes to mind is Luke 18. Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 18, when he tells them this parable, we're told in verse one to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And we could, we could read through that parable about the unjust judge and the widow, but the whole idea is there's this how much more comparison going on. And the idea behind it is if this unjust judge is going to administer justice for this widow because she pesters him and wears him out, how much more a God who actually cares and wants to answer your prayer? He wants to help you. He wants to to serve out justice or mercy or whatever it is that you're looking for. He wants to help. Now, that doesn't mean he's the answer is going to be exactly what you think it is. But how much more is he going to take care of you? Is he going to answer your prayers? Right. The the believe it. Uh, that, that side that you mentioned where he speaks the parable there in Luke 18, sometimes what happens is because the faith is not where it ought to be. I'm more easily discouraged in my praying. I'm more prone to give up and stop praying. And so that's here's a parable that men would not lose heart, that they would pray and not give up. And it's interesting, Noah, I think it's verse 8 there in Luke 18. He ends with this in Luke 18 and 8. I tell you, he will see if they get justice and quickly. However, he says this, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah. And I think if I understand what Jesus, the point that he's making there is he's basically saying, okay, when the Son of Man comes, will he still find God's people praying? Yeah. Or have they gotten to a point where their faith has become so shallow because they didn't get what they want when they wanted it or how they thought God would measure it out? You know, so, okay, I've been praying about this for a week. I've been praying about this for a month. Well, I pray about it another month. Right. I've been praying about three months. Well, I pray about it 12 months. And the Lord's going to do the right thing right. at the right time. Right. But that's a challenge, you know. And so, again, what what heart, what faith am I bringing into my praying? It's more than words. Exactly. The, the question, that question, will he find faith on the earth, is really the question of where where is the heart of God's people going to be? Because he we have to trust that he is listening and that he cares even when he doesn't answer the way that we want or ask of him to. And that's like you were just saying, that's that's where Jesus is going with this parable. You need to keep praying in faith 
And you have to trust that God is listening and cares, even when from an external perspective, it may appear that he does not. Right. You know, I, to, to your point about do I believe it, I want to go to James 1. Now, there's a context in James 1. So really, for those that, that can't get to the word, maybe you're driving. And so if you're driving and you're hearing this, uh, keep your eyes on the road. But I want to read. <laughs> I like James 1. So back up to verse 5, and we're going to go through verse 8. James 1 beginning verse five, if any of, any of you lacks wisdom, all right, so we got wisdom here as a focal point. James says, he should ask and ask of the Lord who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given him. All right, stop. He says, you need wisdom, all right, ask of the Lord. And what's the promise? The Lord will give it to him. Now, verse six, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man, the man who doubts, should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Here's verse 8. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Yeah. So there's a real example. Okay, so I've, I've mentioned to folks who are concerned about praying and say, you know, I feel like I'm weak in some area. And I said, well, let's pray about it. And so here's a real scenario that, that I was visiting with someone a couple of weeks ago. And they had to have a crucial conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, the stakes were high. Opinions varied. Emotions were going to run very, very strong. That's a crucial conversation, a tough thing to have, but time sensitive. And I need to have the conversation. It involves me and another person. And I said, well, you need to pray to the Lord about it. And you need to ask for wisdom. Well, immediately I'm going to James 1 because I'm trying to encourage this person. Look, what you're concerned about, so is the Lord. Right. What you're asking of the Lord is wisdom. Maybe it's, hey, Lord, be with my mouth. Help me to say the right thing in the right way. And it's as you're going to that have that crucial conversation, you're saying, Lord, give me wisdom. Well, James says here, I'm going to give that request to the one who needs wisdom, but not to the one who asks and he doubts. He's unstable. See, the, as I understand this context, Noah, it's not someone that's doubting in the power of God. It's someone that doesn't have the resolve. It's like, okay, I, I've got resolve. I don't know how the Lord answers the prayer to give me wisdom. Right. But he's promised that he will. So what resolve, what faith do I take in this request? If half the time I'm like, well, I'm, I'm believing the Lord's going to give me this. Another half, I'm not really convinced. Mm -hmm. Man, I sure hope he's going to be with me in, in, in an hour from now. Right, right. Uh, uh, that's, there's an instability. He's unstable, Right. James says, in all he does. He's lacking the foundation of faith yes. is, what's, is what's going on there. There's He's lacking the foundation of a faith that God... It, I, I wouldn't even say is capable, but that God wants to and will aid him, give him wisdom in this in this context, which in the larger context, what James is talking about is about facing trials and persecutions that test our faith and prove our faith. Um, but if we need wisdom in that kind of a context, we've got to believe God wants to help and he will. And if, if we're not willing to put our faith in that, it it puts if we want to tie it back to the meaningless repetitions, if we don't actually believe that God wants to help and will help, will provide wisdom in this context, then 
what is there meaning to our words? Is there, uh, is there meaning or is it just a, a vain repetition that we're hoping will echo through the cosmos and get us some good luck, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, and again, if you're looking at the context, as you mentioned, and you're connecting a wisdom to a person at a time when life is very hard and God's doing some things or allowing some things to test the genuineness of their faith, and, and I'm to consider it all joy, seriously. So when I may be at a vulnerable time, this is a context, this is a passage to tell me the kind of faith, the confidence that I need to have, that foundational resolve that you mentioned so that I can know, okay, Lord, I don't know. I don't fully understand a lot of the why or the timing of this, but I trust you in this. Yeah. And I trust that you're doing something in me to perfect me. Uh, my faith is going to grow and I'm going to come out stronger. So Lord, I'm trusting you one day at a time with this. And I take that resolve into my praying every day. Yeah, because I can tell you if you're if you're being squeezed and your faith is being tested, that's at least a once a day and probably a several times a day every day. I need to take that resolve every time I come to prayer and to my God and not lose heart. Yeah, he cares. He knows. He's listening. I can trust him. Yeah, and it's that, more than words. Exactly. Exactly. And that trust is really the common vein between the three passages that we've looked at so far is in the end, it comes down to prayer is is not going to do you any good if it is not done in a trust, in, in, in the form of trusting God. If it's, if here's, here's how you could look at it. If you don't trust God, then it is just words, right? All you're doing is saying words in the, into the air. If there's not a trust, if it's not coming from the foundation of faith and a place of trust in God. I, I, if you got more on that, uh, I want you to speak to that. I'm looking at the time we want, but if you got more on that, I want you to speak to it before I kind of shift gears a little bit. Did you have anything else on that? Um, not on that specifically, no. Okay. Well, we started with the Matthew six. Here's a question. I talked about the vain repetition, and I talked about they think that they'll be heard for their many words. A question I've been asked, Noah, uh, on more than one occasion. Is, is it wrong to say the same thing? So are you saying that if I'm using the same words in my praying over and over again, that somehow that makes it shallow because I'm using the same words? And absolutely, I see you shaking your head like, that's crazy. Right. No, 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 no. I mean, look at Jesus. Matthew 26 prayed the, prayed the third time saying the same words, one translation right. says. So again, it's, it's what's in the heart. And here's what we should know. And I think most people listening do know this. God knows what's in our heart. Right. I mean, I can fool the people when I lead a prayer and everybody's hearing my prayers like, wow, wow, what a prayer this guy is. He is so spiritually minded. And the Lord can be looking at me and saying that he doesn't mean it. Right. He doesn't mean it. So no, 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 no. This this idea of saying the same thing makes it shallow. That I wouldn't want to make that point either. Which we get, I think, more intuitively outside the context of prayer. Right. right. In In other types of communication, we can understand that you can say words, and they can be the exact same words, but because of the context or your tone or your attitude when you approach it, et cetera, it can be very clear when the meaning is there and it's more than words 
and when it's just you're just saying it to say it, right? We get that in communication. We can look at all sorts of examples from our personal lives. Um, I think I've already used in this podcast, you know, if I say to my wife, uh, you know, I, I love you and you're great and you're the best. Well, depending on how I say that, the context I say that in, what just happened, you know, what did she just do? What did I just do? She'll know right. if I'm being sincere and genuine or if I'm just saying the words and we get that. And I think sometimes we have trouble then transferring that to understanding that our communication with God is is just like that. It's still communication with another person, albeit the king of the universe. Right, right. And he's going to know when it's more than words and when it's just words. Yeah, very true, very true. All right, you had something I can see. Your wheels are turning. You got something that folks need to hear that I need to hear. What is it? Oh, I think I just said it. Okay, well, well, we already got it. Okay. I had I had wondered, Noah, in, in the podcast, you know, we were talking about more than words. And, uh, you know, so, some things that come up, and, and there's a bigger context in Romans 8. And I'm just going to say right up front, uh, I don't have all the answers, but we're talking about more than words. And in a positive way, I want the people of God, the children of God, to appreciate a blessing that they have. Mm-hmm. in the indwelling spirit. And this podcast is not about the Holy Spirit and does he in does he dwell in me? And I think clearly scripture says he does. Okay, how does he? What are we talking? That's a whole nother subject and that is a deep subject. Right. But we are talking about deity. And so in, in Romans chapter 8 uh, verse 26 likewise the spirit helps us. This is the English standard. I love it. The spirit Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And just just appreciate the language that's in that context. And again, that's a whole other subject, but it is not just about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about praying and help, help in time of weakness, uh, according to the will of God. I mean, I hear people say, I, I, I don't know what to say. And what I've said to them is when, you're, when you're, you've got a troubled spirit to such an extent that you're like, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm encouraging people. Look, God knows your heart and just pour out your heart to him mm-hmm. and speak to him. And see, if if we get, if I get so fixated on, it's not going to have the power or it's not going to, uh, it's not going to reach uh, any higher than the ceiling because I didn't word it just the way it needs to be worded in God's And that's just not so. Right. I mean, Jesus says in Matthew 6, the Father knows what you need before you ask. Yes. And then he says, pray like this. And and the prayer that he prays is is a simple, straightforward, um, you know, prayer to God. There's it it doesn't have to be uh, incredibly poetic. It doesn't have to be incredibly complex. And like you said, uh, referencing that passage just a moment ago, it doesn't have to be particularly articulate. 
because God knows your heart. He knows what you need, and the Spirit intercedes for you. That's how He designed it. Yes, yes. Well, I'm going to leave it at that because I get if I get any deeper in Romans 8, I could get in the weeds. <laughs> but that is a powerful context and a powerful passage that I think brethren ought to go back and, and read some more and claim as a promise and a blessing Yeah, in our yeah. praying. Amen. Well, thank you for that. We're going next week, Lord willing, next week. Still, still in the direction of praying, but where are we going with that, Noah? Well, next week we're going to be talking about reconnecting and realigning. This week, part of what we discussed with prayer is, one, not only how powerful it is, but um, how we can trust God to to respond and, and answer our prayer, whether or not it's the answer we would choose, but that in His wisdom and His will, He's going to take care of what we need. And uh, next week, I want us to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about the role that prayer can play in realigning us with God's will and helping us realize God's wisdom over our wisdom and, and those kinds of things. Because I believe that prayer does play a role in helping us understand where we're, we're missing it and we need to reconnect with God and realign with God. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Well, before we release everybody from this podcast today and this time we've had in the Word, uh, can you lead us in prayer? Noah, let's talk to God. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we're so thankful. We're thankful that we have times where we can sit down and we can dive into your Word and look at examples and teaching in Scripture that help us Connect with you more and help us understand our relationship with you better. And it's impressed on us today how deeply we can trust in you, that we can put our faith in you, and that you are listening and that you do care. And we're so thankful that that the Spirit intercedes for us, and that you see our weakness, you see our needs, and that you watch over us. And we're thankful for that. And we pray now that moving forward, we can continue to build on that, that we can strengthen our trust in you, that we can pray in faith, that we will not be as waves tossed in the sea, but that we will find the firm foundation that is your strength and your trustworthiness. We love you and we thank you for all your many blessings. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for everyone listening. Just remain steadfast, steadfast today and the rest of this week in prayer. Thanks for joining us in God's Word today. We hope you'll continue to join us each week as we consider how to deepen our faith in God. Here's some good news today and even this week. With God as our foundation, we know that we can stand strong. 